we just cannot beat this team. <laughs> really, the entire AL East. Stop me if you've heard this before. The Tigers lose to an American League East opponent. We got that and more to talk about all today on Locked on Tigers. You are Locked on Tigers, your daily Detroit Tigers podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, everybody? Welcome back to another edition of Locked on Tigers. I'm, of course, your host, Scott Bentley. Today is Thursday, September 7th, 2023. Thank you so much for making Locked on Tigers your first listen. Every single day, we are free and available wherever you get your podcasts, including YouTube, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team. Every day, be sure to check out the Tigers home radio broadcast on the SiriusXM app. Just search Detroit Tigers, and next thing you know, anytime, anywhere, you can be listening to the Tigers home radio broadcast straight from the SiriusXM app. The Detroit Tigers lose this ball game on a Wednesday night in New York at the hands of the New York Yankees by a score of 4-3. to three. Um, Really unfortunate ball game for uh, plenty of reasons that we'll talk about here in a second. Uh, and just, I mean, we'll talk about the offense, we'll talk about some of the individual players on the offensive side of the ball that are not doing well because this offense has really not been doing well uh you know they went on that hot stretch for a few weeks in august where uh they were hitting a bunch of home runs on the road and ever since they came back home from that road stand uh we're right back where we were and we're right back to just you know scoring one to three runs a game pretty much every night out and so uh, we're going to talk a little bit about uh, some some individual players and whatnot, uh, and then we'll end the show talking about some organizational promotions, not at the major league level, because why would we ever do that? That's not fun or exciting. Uh, and then we will obviously preview the finale at the very, very end of the show. So let's start with, I feel so bad for the kid. I really do. Matt Manning, uh, he ends up only going one inning, one hit, no earned runs. One walk, one strikeout. Uh, ERA on the season will end at 3.58. Not bad at all. Really not bad. Um, unfortunately, the only reason why he only won an inning was because he took a, what, 119, 120 mile an hour liner off the foot. That's already horrible luck. If this happened to anybody in baseball, they'd be looking at him like, Dang, that's really unlucky. Like, this dude really can't catch a break. That's unfortunate. This is the second time this has happened to Matt Manning in four months. September, August, July, June, May. (laughs) What did this happen? Didn't the first one happen in late April, early May? This has happened to this dude twice in less than half a year, in like a third of a year. This has happened twice. It happened the first time at the beginning of the season. He missed six weeks, six to eight, whatever he ended up missing. He rehabbed back, came back. We've obviously covered what he's done in every start since. And now it happens again, and he's done for the year. Now, again, done for the year. There's not two months left. He's done for the year, and there's you know three and a half weeks of season left. Uh, but it's unfortunate. And, and I think that of all the players on the team that really – like could have used like playing out the rest of September. I think Matt Manning is pretty high on that list. Unfortunately, it sucks. 
sucks for everybody. It sucks for the organization. It sucks for the fans. And obviously, most importantly, uh, and most unfortunately, it sucks for Matt Manning. I wish him uh, nothing but the best in his recovery. Uh, I mean, there's a lot of questions questions surrounding Manning, which is why this is such poorly timed just from, again, like him, the organization, everybody. It just, it, it really blows. So uh, hopefully he can recover, come into spring fully healthy, and uh, just, golly, just have a little bit of better luck maybe. It's not anybody's fault, stuff like that. It just, that's just the worst luck. So... Best wishes in his recovery. Uh, and again, that'll put his season to an end. A very twisted road, a really windy season that he has had. We, we've seen some pretty high highs, some pretty low lows. Uh, we, we've seen, you know, four or five start stretches where he's thrown the fastball a lot. And we've seen a little bit of consistency. Uh, we've seen high strikeout totals. Then we've seen a month of incredibly low strikeout totals. Then, uh, we, we've seen, I mean, still he's going to end the season with like a 17 or 18 inning scoreless inning streak. <laughs> he's going to end his season with, with that. You know, he's going to go into next year having not given up a run in, in, you know, 17 or 18 innings. So, uh, I, just, a, a, an odd year and an odd end to an odd year for Matt Manning, who continues to be a very odd pitcher on the mound. Um, wild. Very unfortunate. Really feel for the kid. Um, let's. Uh, uh, that's really all there is to say about it, though. Uh, this kind of then this game specifically turned into a makeshift bullpen game, and uh, it, that's again unfortunate. <laughs> I guess the word. Maybe this is just the unfortunate game. Maybe maybe that's the title of this episode. Is just unfortunate. Tigers lose. Unfortunate. Tigers. Unfortunate loss to New York. I don't know. But, I mean, for real, like, you just used several relievers yesterday, right, on Tuesday. And then now you're in a position where you have to find eight innings out of your bullpen. That's that's not in a, in a position that you want to be in. We talk about innings all the time on this show. I've been one of the most vocal people out there about how important innings are in the management of set innings. And now when's our next off day Monday. Okay. So we have an off day after we get through this weekend series against the white Sox. Um, so I guess you just kind of have to limp to the finish line there and then you get to kind of regroup at that point, but not what the tigers drew up for this ball game. They go to Bo Brisky first, he ends up going one and two-thirds, four hits, three earned runs, three walks, and no strikeouts uh, with a home run against as well. This was just uh, rather – I know I harp on him all the time for not having a an effective major league slider or just any pitch that moves side to side. Um, and that's still very true. This this outing, uh, you know, didn't change that. But this was more of just, uh, I mean, a, a complete lack of – strike zone domination if that's what you want to call it and, and Bo Brisky hasn't walked a ton of batters this year uh, especially the first like month I want to say after he came back from injury he was walking pretty much nobody uh, so to have an outing like this where obviously the home runs the home run um, but to walk three batters I mean that's just 
I guess off brand is is kind of the 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 way to word it, but this this was just complete out of character, uh, and it led to a poor outing. And now Bo Brisky, who the first two or three weeks after coming back from injury had like a sub two ERA, now is looking you know at a four six two ERA, and has been walking people lately, and has been giving up homers. And now we're here. And, uh, you know, when they moved him to the bullpen, the fastball improved greatly. And the changeup has always been a plus pitch. But you got to prove, you got to utilize that into being an effective reliever. And, uh, My screen just froze. Hello. Okay. Uh, specifically as a major leaguer, it's his first time being in the bullpen and he's got to make adjustments. And I talk about the slider all the time. I still believe that's true. This outing he just didn't throw his change up. It's like his best secondary pitch. When he was a starter, it was his best pitch period. He didn't even have that. He didn't have even that good of a fastball when he was a starting pitcher. The fastball velocity went up a little bit when he got moved to the pen, like I just said, but uh, he threw his change up eight times. He, he had like in an inning and in 1.2 and in an inning and two thirds, he threw like 53 or 55 pitches. Eight of them were his change up and th- it was effective. Half of the eight change ups he threw were strikes. Just completely disagree with like how really his entire outing went. The pitches he did throw weren't in the strike zone or were to or were hit very hard, and his best pitch he did just didn't throw. Didn't make much sense to me. Hindsight's twenty twenty, I guess, but uh, didn't like it in the moment either. Let's move on. Uh, we'll do that right after I tell y'all about our friends over at eBay Motors. For a championship team, it's all about making sure every player is a perfect fit, and it's the same when it comes to your vehicle. So next time you need the parts and accessories for your car, head to eBay Motors. With eBay Guaranteed Fit, you can be sure every part you need fits just right the first time around. Just add your ride to my garage and look for the green check mark to know that a part will fit or your money back. Because just like in sports, confidence is the name of the game when you shop at eBay Motors. And with over 122 million parts to choose from, you'll be back in the game in no time. After all, it's easy to bring home a win when the right parts are guaranteed to get the right parts, the right fit, and the right prices on ebaymotors.com. Let's ride. eBay guaranteed fit is only available to U.S. customers. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. All right, everybody. Welcome back here. Segment two of Locked on Tigers. Appreciate you all for tuning in, making us your first listen every single day. Shout out to the everydayers that do tune in every day. We'll be back tomorrow recapping the series finale against the New York Yankees and then previewing our weekend series against the Chicago White Sox uh, with a chance. If we, we only have to take one of three and we will talk about this a little bit more tomorrow, but if the, if the Tigers win one game this weekend, they will have won the season series against the White Sox, which means if you're keeping track at home, they will have officially won the season series against all four AL central opponents. That's, that's good joke of a division. Yes. Historically awful division. Yes. The Twins are in first place. They could have done the same thing, and they didn't. 
So we're going to take it where we can. Uh, let's get back to this ball game, though. So Bo Brisky, we just talked about, still maintaining some struggles there. Jose Cisnero, another run, given up three hits and one and a third. His ERA is now 5-3-7. I, I I'm not going to say – like, do I have to? Do I have to just repeat myself every single time this dude takes the bump and gives up a run? Love you like heck. Don't know why you're on the roster. I'm just going to like keep simplifying it until we get to a point where like on September 25th, I'm just like, I don't know. I say like one letter and everybody just like knows what I mean. Like I, I just, I don't know how many ways to reiterate my confusion for why he's on the major league roster. And it's going to make even less sense when we get to November and it's announced that we're not re-signing him and he's not coming back and he's going to test free agency. Or he's going to retire. Uh, like He's in his mid-30s. And we're going to go, wow, boy, I'm so glad we kept him with his 10 ERA the last month in September instead of giving someone else a chance. Makes total sense, for sure. Um, so don't even really have too much else to say about there. He hasn't looked... He hasn't looked, I'm trying to remember the last like stretch, even if it was just a few weeks that he really looked like prime, like how quickly we forget how much of a force 2021 Jose Cisnero was that dude until like mid August was an absolute freaking dog for this baseball team. Um, I guess June of this year, I got pretty sure he went all of June without giving up a single run. And then since then, it's just been an absolute train wreck. So, um, yeah, just unfortunate. Still confused on why he's here. Uh, <laughs> but he's on this team, so going to keep rooting for him. Tyler Holton then goes two innings, two hits, no earned runs, no walks, three strikeouts. And that outing officially puts his ERA back to sub-two ERA ball. One nine nine now on the season. He's remarkable. He's absolutely remarkable. And, and we talk about it all the time, and I've I've reiterated it a million different ways, but I'm never not going to be fascinated by Tyler Holden. Do I expect him to have a sub-2 ERA next season? Absolutely not. But do I have confidence that he can be like a three-ish ERA reliever? I absolutely do. And it's just every time he goes out there, there's there's a a huge sense of confidence. There really is. He he's he's remarkable, and his story should be in textbooks and taught in classes. Okay, last two pitchers of the evening. Jason Foley goes one inning of perfect ball with one strikeout. Not too much to say. Thought the sinker looked the best it has looked since before his like little cold streak happened. When was that? Probably two or three weeks ago. I think this is the best his sinker has looked in in over a month, uh, which is great to see. Hopefully, he can end the season on a high note. I mean, a 2-4-1 ERA has obviously had a phenomenal year, been one of the bright spots of this team as well. Um, but that thing was moving, moving in this ballgame. I thought he looked really, really sharp. Uh, and then Alex Lang, one inning, one hit, no runs, one walk, no strikeouts. Uh, I'm I'm glad that he is finding ways to get people out without striking them out. That is a positive development because like Tyler Holden doesn't strike out a million people. Jason Foley doesn't strike out really anybody. And so it's, it's a possible to be a good reliever 
without having like astronomically high K rates, but also like Lang is, has good enough stuff where he's always going to have whiffs. He's always going to get swings and misses and he's always going to have the ability and potential to strike out anybody in the batter's box. The problem is I think that he tries to get everyone to chase everything, which I think is part of the high walk rate thing. Some of it's just bad command. Like, I mean, (laughs) goodness, we we saw what that month, what July was that the really, really bad month, or maybe it was like end of July and first half of August. Um, So, I I mean, we've certainly seen some of that, but, I think that it's just important for efficiency's sake to learn how to get people out, but also learn how to get people out without it going out of the strike zone, right? Again, like his most thrown pitch is a curveball. A curveball inherently is going to be a chase pitch that you try. Now, he throws it in the strike zone sometimes. Sometimes. Uh, he tries to throw it in the strike zone sometimes, but... That is a just by nature of what a curveball is, a pitch that at its best is going to be an expand the strike zone, try to get someone to go fishing type of pitch. So to see him the last like week and a half or two weeks, even he's he started to get more ground ball outs and using that curveball to get ground ball outs and whatnot. And I and I like that. I think that's important for development. And as I said earlier, some some of you got mad at me. That's fine. But like I, I'm not against him being the closer in September. I think that for development purposes, that that, that there's a lot worse things that you could do. So uh, I'm not like he has to stay there, but I'm not against leaving him there for the for the remainder of the season at this point. Um, let's turn over. That's it for the pitching, pretty much. I want to talk about the American League East because this is it, it's it's remarkable. For all of the success that we talked about the Tigers are having in their own division, the American League East, this is their record against every AL East opponent, okay? Boston, 1-5. Baltimore, 1-6. New York Yankees, 1-5 after Wednesday's Wednesday's loss. Uh, Toronto, 2-4. And and Tampa, 1-5. That is one, two, three, four, five. Is that six wins? Five, five, six wins on the season? It's remarkably bad. (laughs) It's six. That's horrible. You have six total wins against the entire American League East division. Now, the Yankees are in last place, right? And they're over 500. The American League East is a very, very good division. I don't care that you, you trip and fall into a couple more wins on the season. You have six total wins against the American League East. It's horrific. You've only beaten an American League one American League East team more than one time this year. And that's the Blue Jays who you've beaten twice. It's unreal. So it's a huge problem. Uh, there's not like a direct way to address it. You don't go like, oh, well, if we just had so-and-so, we'd be better against the American League East. There's not really something like that. Uh, but I think it is, for as much as I'm going to sing the praises of the team for dominating their own division, because that's very important, it does show the discrepancy and the talent difference between a third-place team in a historically bad division and the last-place team in one of the best divisions in recent memory. Makes sense? Cool. Um, Let's talk about the offense. We'll do that right after this. 
All right, welcome back, everybody. Third and final segment here, Locked on Tigers. Appreciate you all for tuning in, uh, as always. So uh, the offense in this game, really, I don't know. I don't know. I don't like using the word boring to describe baseball because I am never bored watching a game of baseball. But this is probably, from an offensive perspective, it's very difficult for me to get bored with pitching. I was a catcher. Uh, The art of pitching is, is fascinating to me. Uh, But I mean, offensively, this team over the last really, you know, seven years, but uh, in the last two years, especially has found a way to like border on the edge of like, this is just such a lifeless. That's the word we're going to use. Not boring, just a lifeless product at the plate, dog. Like, I mean, they they ended the game with three runs. That's good. They showed some fight late. That's great. I'm glad that's that's a thing that this team has had throughout the entire season to their credit that they're they haven't won a boatload of games uh they are one of the worst offenses in all of baseball objectively depending on or no matter rather what stat you use uh, but they do close the gap there are games that they make competitive that they probably shouldn't or that certainly last year they wouldn't have and the problem is they still fall short they don't really complete the comeback too terribly often. Parker Meadows was awesome. That was great. They don't, they don't, there's not too many walk-off highlights this year. Like they don't, they don't, they don't finish the job uh, a ton of the time. We have a lot of like in the last three innings of the game, we cut the lead from eight to three so that it looks better on paper, but like that doesn't do it justice. And this game for all intensive purposes one run game glad they showed fight they put themselves in an opportunity we'll talk about that in a second but kind of just a maintained lifeless product and it's when you mean when you look at the lineup like i don't know we we can play this game i guess as we get closer to the end of the season or maybe once we get into the offseason we can just pick a lineup and talk about it but like how many players on this team are going to be like starting prominent players on this baseball team next year I'm not asking five years from now. I'm not asking big picture. Opening day 2024. Torkelson will be here. Carpenter will be here. Uh, Javi, uh, whether you like it or not. And then what? Parker Meadows, if he does well enough in September and then does well in the spring too. I guess maybe he's the opening day center fielder. That's it. We'll see what happens with Akil Badu. He's going to have an interesting offseason. There's certainly still a chance that he is getting legitimate time in the corner outfield left year, but that's far from guaranteed. And he's like the only one that's even like, I guess, Veerling is in the same conversation. Like, is Matt Veerling going to be uh, a utility like bench player on your team next year? Is he going to be the opening day starter in right field? Even if you give them the benefit of the doubt and say Badu and Veerling, you're talking about like half the lineup. (laughs) That's <laughs> still enough. So, I mean, how, how upset can you really be, right, at, at an individual loss? You can be upset at the big picture and the fact that we're here, but uh, on this loss in, in a vacuum, how upset can you really be? I do want to talk. Matt Veerling had an opportunity with the bases loaded. Uh, his stats have really gone downhill dramatically. He's had a really bad – that was pointed out by a few people. I know Castellani said the same thing. Um, that he, he had a, has had a really, really bad second half. Uh, and I said, I don't know, two, three weeks ago probably now, that 
I think long-term Matt Veerling at best is probably like a super utility player. He has tools. Uh, he puts, he doesn't swing and miss a boatload. Like he doesn't strike out a super high amount. So he can put the ball in play. He can play, you know, five, six, seven different positions. He's very fast. He gives you some tools that you can offer off the bench. But like, I mean, this dude is like comfortably underneath a 700 OPS at this point. Like he's not going to be a consistent everyday, like league average or better hitter at any point in his career. So uh, I, I think that that's probably the path for him. Not that that's a, a bad thing that's needed, but um, I, I think that he's probably punching above his weight, like consistently batting in the heart of the lineup for this baseball team. Uh, I, I don't think a good team has Matt Beerling in the heart of their lineup. And one of the reasons why is let's I know that I have a borderline obsession with talking about risk with this team. Okay. Runners in scoring position stats with this team, Matt Veerling has 102 plate appearances with runners in scoring position this season. That is the third most on the team. The most is Torkelson with 154. The second most is Javi Baez with 115, who, by the way, has a 301 batting average and an OPS of almost 800 in said instances. Uh, And then the third most is Matt Veerling with 102 plate appearances. In those 102 plate appearances. Again, third most on the team. He has a 189 batting average and a 518 OPS. Just for context, um, Jonathan Scope had a better batting average and an OPS of only 10 points worse with runners in scoring position in his 31, sorry, 36 plate appearances with runners in scoring position. Jonathan Scope, who was cut in June, higher batting average with risk than Matt Veerling this season. The only two players worse than Veerling that have gotten even a remotely amount of ABs are Tyler Nevin, who has 19 plate appearances. So, like, I don't even know if that really counts. He hasn't been on the team the majority of the year. The only person that's been a mainstay on the roster worse is Jake Rogers, who is batting 186, but has a little bit more power, so his OPS in the situation is 30 points higher. So it's, it again, just kind of like reiterating my point of where I think he stands long-term. And for a team that, it, like, it's this is far from just a Matt Veerling problem. I'm picking on him because he didn't come through with the bases loaded in this baseball game. But, like, this team is dreadful. This is a has been a bottom five offense with runners in scoring position the entire season and I mean Spencer Torkelson is batting sub 200 with the most plate appearances with risk on the entire team unless your name is Zach Short or Kerry Carpenter or I guess Javi Baez odds are pretty good you can improve with risk and yeah Matt Veerling again just the highlighted person tonight because he had the ability to to make this, I mean, tie the ball game, even get a lead there late and uh, and didn't come through. So uh, just wanted to, to point that out. Just keep reiterating how important risk is. To Parker Meadows' credit, he had a sack fly. I know I just kind of whined on air a couple of days ago, three or four episodes ago, about uh, the lack of productive outs. We finally had a productive out. Hallelujah. Fell to my knees in a Walmart. Just absolutely beautiful. 
Um, let's talk about playing time really quickly. This is not a super long discussion, but I am upset that Andre Lipsius is not playing more. I just voiced what I think Matt Veerling is going to be long-term. Uh, I would rather Veerling play third than anybody else not named Lipsius at this point, because I want to see him continue to get some reps there. But I, I don't like if, if Lipsius is just going to be a pinch hitter in September, you should have just left him in AAA. At least he would have been playing every day. This is like, it's completely pointless. It defeats the entire purpose of September call-ups to just call him up and then like never give him like legitimate opportunities. Now he's, uh, he's had a couple of starts. Like I'm not saying that he just like hasn't played at all, but like he's been a bench bat, a majority of his stint so far in Detroit. And that just rubs me the wrong way. And I hope that that's not going to be like a thing the last four weeks of the season here. So Something to keep an eye out for. Uh, we'll end the show by talking about organizational promotions. We had a few to talk about. Again, not at the major league level, not trying to get anybody's hopes up here. Brady Allen was promoted to double A uh, with the Whitecaps. He had a 292 average, a 419 OBP, and a 521 slug in the month of August. Uh, these reports and stats are from the Detroit Tigers player development page, which is a very Good follow if you're uh, in tune and want to be in tune with the Tigers organization. And then the big one. This one's really exciting for a lot of people. Justice Bigby promoted to Triple A Toledo. It's about dang time. He had a 352 batting average, a 413 OBP, and a 549 slug. In double A Erie, he is drawing a lot of comparisons to like the Kerry Carpenter of this season. A lot of people are calling him. Um, I don't know if Bigby's going to get a look at the major league level this year, uh, but that's a lot of jumping in one season for this front office, it appears. Uh, but he has obviously impressed a ton. And the comparison just being that he kind of came out of nowhere and has been absolutely raking. Uh, everybody's a big fan of him at this point. He has been the best hitter in the minor leagues for this entire organization this season. And I hope that in these last few weeks, he can kind of get acclimated to AAA, make some adjustments and prove that he belongs there. Because next season, I mean, obviously next year he'll start off in AAA. I think that there, you know, if he continues obviously to hit this well, I think there's a real argument that he's, uh, you know, midsummer kind of let's take a look at him type of player. And he's a guy that we're kind of having the same conversations we had all year about Meadows and Malloy and Keith. I guess they really didn't get called up in the middle of the summer, but that's a different conversation. We'll save that to get mad about for next year uh, when, when we get there a year from now. But um, yeah, I, I just wanted to point that out and really give him his flowers. Give both of these gentlemen, uh, Brady Allen as well, the, the credit for getting promoted. That's a big deal, obviously. But yeah, Justice Bigby, man, I'm, I'm, I'm excited. Everybody continues to be excited, and I'm I'm pumped to see what he can uh, what he can do in AAA. I think that's it. Today's game is the series finale against the New York Yankees, 7:05 Eastern start time in New York. Erod against Rodon. If there was ever a game to come out on top of, we're not going to use the W word, but if there was ever a game. It would be your ace against Carlos Rodon for the New York Yankees, who has a 5.70 ERA and has been injured the other half of the year. Okay, 
You're on the road. You're not playing in Comerica where you automatically lose every game. Let's let's maybe have some momentum going into the weekend against Chicago. Okay? Why not? Thanks for making Lockdown Tigers your first listen every single day. Appreciate y'all for tuning in. Uh, shout out to the everydayers that do tune in every day. We'll be back tomorrow recapping said series finale and then previewing the weekend. Peace and love. Going to therapy's dope. I'll catch y'all then, baby. Go Tigers.